In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 109th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We are into the offseason now. Lots going on still, though, and uh, the Falcons will be getting ready to go to the Combine. But today, in the 109th episode, we want to ponder a few things. Starting off with, hey, where is Tevin Coleman going to land? We look at landing spots for Tevin Coleman. We talk about, we're going to discuss Grady Jarrett, Julio Jones, and how uh, we have a little sidelight on Antonio Brown. Doesn't have anything to do with the Falcons, but uh, we want to make a comment about that situation. Then we're going to have some visits from Hall of Famers Tony Gonzalez and Champ Bailey. We were at their uh, ceremonies at the NFL Honors, and we have some audio from both of the football greats with Georgia ties who will be going into the Hall of Fame in Canton August the 3rd. Fourth, one of... Just chat with you all about the Alliance of American Football. I tried to watch, but I found myself distracted by a bumblebee or, you know, something else. Uh, just didn't. Maybe it was a blowout game, but, you know, I, I want to see if y'all going to stay with them here for the next couple of weeks. I do want to see the line play in the uh, Alliance and see if that's a possible uh, fertile ground for development of players I would think a couple Falcons should be in that they should be trying to play but I don't know how you release the players and then get them back but I'd like to see Sean Harlow out there playing see if you got anything all those practice squad guys you need to see if they can play and then uh, we'll just look ahead to the combine so hey Tevin Coleman we're looking at the numbers Uh, we've been comparing them you know, to Jarek McKenna, he got a four-year, $30 million deal. There are lots of teams out there with money. And Tevin, uh, you know, I don't know if the Falcons could fit $30 million for one running back and $41.25 million for Freeman. But uh, I would like to hedge that bet a little bit. But they liked Edo Smith and basically uh, believe moving forward, they can move forward with two running backs coming off of injury. Um, Freeman off of his uh, hernia surgery, only played two games last year. And then, you know, the year before that, 14 with concussion and knee issues. So, you know, they're going to be putting all their eggs in an injury basket. Edo Smith finished the season with a knee injury also. 
And uh, I did like how Brian uh, Hill ran hard, especially up in Carolina. But for Tevin Coleman, you know, uh, they'll be able to, he'll be able to get more money elsewhere. Now, will he take less to stay? We don't know. Uh, his agents are, uh, you know, uh, D.C. Bakari and uh, uh, Jeff Whitney, two good uh, young agents in the game and know what they're doing. But landing spots for Coleman include... In our research, uh, we got one, two, three, four, six, seven teams for him. Detroit's one. Uh, you know, they want to pair him and carry on together. That would be a good spot for them as they try to get their offense uh, uh, back on track. Even said they look at a quarterback, which would be bad news for Matthew Stafford up there in Detroit. Uh, Oakland, New York Jets. Philadelphia Eagles, the Falcons wouldn't want to see him go there. They uh, certainly uh, could use his services. You know, they, they were playing Sproles, then Ajay got hurt, and Smallwood definitely would be an upgrade for the Eagles. He'd also fit in the uh, Chicago Bears offense, kind of in the Tyreek Hill role opposite of Jordan Howard. And then San Francisco. So we got six teams here because I got Detroit on my list twice. So San Francisco, of course, is obvious, but they're the ones who paid McKenna. So I don't think they want to pair both of those guys together. But McKenna was hurt last year, and, uh, you know, San Francisco's got a boatload of money. So landing spots. I know late in the year Coach Quinn tried to say that, hey, you know, we're, everything's on the table. Uh, you know, we really couldn't um, rule out not trying to sign Coleman. But at, what could they say at that point? But, you know, with the salary cap uh, uh, cuts that they've had here, they made some room to add one more player. But I think, you know, after you take care of Julio Jones and um, – Grady Jarrett, I, I don't know if you can do the running back, too. So that's our transition into point number two. Uh, after pointing out, you know, Coleman played last season on a rookie contract, making $791,268. So, yeah, he uh, it's time for he played four years, didn't complain, uh, took on the full load, had over a thousand total yards last year. Uh, wasn't spectacular. Somehow averaged to, managed to average more than four yards of carry behind that line. So yeah, let him. Uh, uh, you know that's just the reality of the NFL these days. Let him go ahead and do his thing. Grady Jarrett, Julio Jones. Grady, we got the projections from some of our um, you know internet capologists. Spot track and over the cap are projecting the deal to be five years, between five years, seventy six million and eighty two million, and uh, more power to you. You've done a great job as a fifth round pick. Nobody was complaining about, uh, you know how how low your salary was when. They drafted you and paid you the four-year contract, so I'm not going to complain. If you can get the $82 million right here, uh, go ahead and keep playing ball and do your thing. Julio, uh, projections on him. Can you make him the top receiver? I know we did a, uh, a blog in the season about could Julio be the first $200 million player. 
Uh, and yeah, if Julio was 24, it wouldn't be a problem. But I think that's going to be Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. But uh, what type of deal do you do for Julio here? You know, with two left, do you give him three? Do you give him four? Four years at 20, that's 82. So, you know, that's 80 million. But, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that, uh, certainly in order. They're trying to do something with Julio and, uh, if you do those two, um, you don't really have much to go out and for spending free agency. That's why uh, Dimitrov saying they're not, they don't feel like they've got to do that uh, this time around. And you know, just the Antonio Brown thing, guy putting out videos talking about he wants to be traded from one of the signature franchises in the league. Um, I really just find that the um, his uh, behavior to be totally disrespectful to the head coach. Mike Tomlin, uh, totally disrespectful to the Steeler Nation and Steeler fans. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't even like Steelers, but uh, like a lot of people do. But I just, you know, that that behavior should not be celebrated. And I saw some folks, uh, good friends, celebrating it, talking about, oh, this is new and this is that. No, it's disrespectful. And it's really, it started with me, my problems with him started. When he's shooting video during the locker room when the coach trying to speak. That's just disrespectful. So, you know, it'll work out. Maybe he'll get traded to, um, you know, you just don't want to wish anything bad on anybody. But, you know, you got to call a thing a thing. And his uh, behavior is just totally disrespectful to Coach Tomlin, uh, who's, you know, having a tough time up there getting the Steelers back on track and needs all his guys in line. But here's a guy make, going out of his way to embarrass the coach and the team. So I trade him for a bag of potato chips tomorrow and, and send him on his way and, uh, you know, draft somebody else and keep him moving. So with that, we're going to go into our Hall of Fame session here. We, uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, this is after the NFL Honors Program with the gaggle here. Uh, I think you'll hear uh, Zach Klein in here, uh, myself, and uh, Lindsey uh, or, or uh, Conway from the uh, Falcons. Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Conway from the Falcons here talking to Tony Gonzalez. Then we'll go to Georgia Legend. Chip Bailey. Here's Tony Gonzalez. It's like my heart, your heart drops. You know, you see Big Baker coming in, this big blue suit, big head, and big hands. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's what I, a lot of the guys told me. You know, I'm good friends with Stray and uh, I've talked to guys that have gone in more room, guys that have gone before me. They're like, it's nothing like it. You know, when you get that now, especially with your family, I turned around after I talked to Mr. Baker and he gave me a solo spiel. Uh, by the way, he's an only speaker. I turned around, I look at my family, I see my cousin, he's got tears in his eyes, I see my wife, she's got tears in her eyes, everybody's got, like, crying. Uh, and I, that's when it hits you, like, it's, it's more than just me. It's, it's my family. It's my friends that have been there since the beginning. And uh, I think that's going to be the best part of this whole process, is sharing that moment with them. Uh, because I'm pretty secure. Like, like this is a great honor. Uh, and... and unbelievably humbled by it but really it's, it's really for them it's, they're the ones that that are really going to enjoy it and, and we're all going to enjoy it together put it that way it's going to be it's going to be a fun ride i can't wait did you talk about your time as a falcon what that experience was like for you uh falcons uh someone asked me that question the other day and i was like you know what falcons honestly it made my career to come here uh it really did 
nothing against Kansas City. I was there 12 years, but only three playoff games. Never won a playoff game. A lot of losing seasons. Uh, fans are unbelievable. Second to none in the community. I loved it. But when I got to Atlanta, it's like all of a sudden now you're part of this winning organization. Uh, I got to play with guys like Matt Ryan, Roddy White, Julio Jones, John Abraham. Uh, we're going to, to, to the playoffs. I won a playoff game. We're playing the NFC Championship game. Uh, it was just truly an amazing. We're on TV every week now. I'm doing Monday night football, Sunday night football games. Uh, it really was a nice bow tie that lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to last. I thought I was only going to be here two years. I remember Thomas Dimitrov, uh, after I got traded, he's like, hey, you're going to... I give him a second round draft choice for you. You're going to play longer than, than, than two years, or longer than one year, Wade. Can I get at least two years out of you? Obviously, that turned into to five years, and, and uh, I just had some really good times out here. This is a great city. I love it here. I love being back here for this week. Uh, driving around town, seeing all my old stomping grounds, my old restaurants. I'm going to go hit one up tonight after this. Uh, and and I'm in, I enjoy this place. This is a great time. Tony Gonzalez, Falcon tight end, former Falcon tight end, t- discussing his days here in Atlanta. Tony, uh, you know, was re- very grateful and respectful of the Falcons and the fans. Uh, here, here he is from the stage at NFL Honors. Tony Gonzalez going into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be a great class there. We got Johnny Robinson, the former Chief, Ed Reed, Kevin Mawai, Champ Bailey, uh, Ty Law, Tony Gonzalez, Gil Brent, and Pat Bowling, owner of the uh, Denver Broncos. Pat and uh, Mr. Bowling and uh, Champ Bailey be representing the Broncos. Champ Bailey, Folkestone, Georgia, Charlton County, played for the Georgia Bulldogs from 1996 to 98, was the seventh player taken overall in the 1999 draft. Here's Champ Bailey. I mean, I can go back to college first, you know, because Jim Donnan recruited me and he brought me to Georgia. Told me he would let me do whatever I wanted, and he did. <laughs> I played every position I could play in college. And then get to the pros. I mean, I had so many coaches, and God, like the list goes on and on. Maybe 13 defense coordinators out of my 15 years. I, mean, that's, I don't know if anybody can say they had that, but you know, just Mike Shanahan reaching out there and grabbing me from the Redskins in the train. And those are the moments that really changed my life. It will change your signature mind. Signed footballs right now, Champ Bailey, H O F. Yeah, I'll get used to that very fast. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts? Champ Bailey says he's going to get used to signing his name, Champ Bailey, H O F. 
Yeah, I run in the champ uh, at the Papa Do's on Windy Hill from time to time. And don't try to bug him, but I just kind of drop by and say, hey, you know, dear Orlando from the AJC uh, Hall of Fame voter, I'll be seeing you, you know, later on. And he nodded his head and said, thank you, and, uh, you know, wish me well. And, uh, you know, going about his business. I don't like to bother folks when they're eating. Here's some more Champ Bailey, 12th time. Pro Bowler, 12-time Pro Bowler. Folks, how are you doing right now? Oh, man. Hopefully they're partying. Yeah. You know, I was just down there last weekend. And not, so much, not much has changed, but you know, the people are definitely rooting for me. And, you know, that's always going to be home. Can't wait to share it with you. Tim, you mentioned that uh, your boss would want to talk to Pat when, you know, you got in trying in the Hall of Fame. What, what would you say to Pat if you could talk to him right now? You know, oh, man, we here, man. You know, and go back to, you know, one of our first conversations and just the, the way the way he welcomed me, he welcomed me to his home, you know, you want something to eat, you always welcome to my house, you go to places, you always come to my house, and just that hospitality in itself, and it, it, it'll be a lot of laughter, we had some battles picking college games and stuff like that, so, you know, it'll be back and forth, ups and downs, I know. From your experience, is that rare for a owner and a player to kind of have a, a relationship like that? I'm not sure. You know, you hear other guys talk about certain relationships they have with their owner, but it really doesn't happen much because, you know, owners usually do that thing. Players usually play. It's usually a, a middle ground with the, well, people in the middle, like the coaches that you have to deal with more than anybody. So just the fact that he was always around and wanted to be a part of most of the things we did. Chip, when did you start playing and why did football mean so much to you uh, at the early age? Well, I had an older brother who was three years older and he was really good at it. And I knew I was better than him. So I was like, okay, I'm just as fast, you know, I can jump just as high, I can, you know, I can tackle. I'm like, all right, give it a shot. So I, I mean, football's what we had. He played it great. I figured I wanted to play it better. And he was always that example of and that, that standard that was set for me to reach and try to surpass everything he did. All right, there's Champ Bailey talking about the family. You know, Hoss played for the Lions, and uh, Ron's the older brother. Uh, just tweeted out on on the Twitter account a uh, 2008 article by Mike Cleese, formerly of the Denver Post, uh, about the Bailey family down south. If you want to go to uh, at D Orlando AJC and uh, pull that up and get you know a refresher on the the Bailey boys out of Folkestone, Georgia. Fourth here, the Alliance of American Football. I tried to watch uh, Sunday, 4 o'clock. Saw Matt Sims, a former Falcon, uh, playing there for the uh, Atlanta Legends. He, uh, uh, you know, they lost 40-6, to so, you know, got distracted. Uh, don't even remember who they were playing, but still going to probably just kind of pay attention here. Over the next few weeks, the, uh, the uh, Legends are in San Diego. For 8 p.m. Sunday contest on uh, this coming Sunday. And then the following Sunday, they'll open up at the Georgia State Stadium, their home opener. And uh, it's at uh, Georgia State, the old Turner Field, uh, Sunday the 24th at 4 p.m. So I would imagine, like anything in Atlanta, if it's warm, they'll have a crowd. If it's uh, not that warm, they might not have a crowd. But, yeah, 
I don't know if I'm going or not. I know I'm not working, um, but uh, uh, I might, uh, if I don't have anything to do on that Sunday afternoon or if I'm trying to get out of some work around here, maybe uh, I'll find my way down to Turner Field to take in the game, see if Matt Sims could uh, rally the troops after that 0-1 opening. Now we got the combine here. We're pointing towards that right now. It'll be at the end of the month here on the 26th of February through March the 3rd. They're going to be televising a lot more of it this year. ABC is in there with ESPN and uh, the NFL Network. They're going to have a wrap-up show on some days, and you can get all the, the live track and field stuff on NFL Network per usual. Won't have uh, our guy, Mike Mayock, this year. But uh, they do have a lot more people involved. So with that here, we're going to wrap it up for the 109th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. They had some coaching changes this week. Bob Sutton added to the staff to be the in-game game management guy. He coached with Quinn up in New York. And also Bob Cronenberg, one of the good good guys in the game. He's uh, been moved over from pro scout to assistant offensive line coach. So I believe that's it for Coach Quinn and his staff changes. We can assess that as they move forward. Get ready to revamp this line and um, head up to Indianapolis for the combine. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.